The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome, everyone, to Sharp Lessons Stadium's Sports Betting Podcast. I'm Ben Wittenstein. Across from me, the professor, Nate Jacobson. We got a lot of NFL stuff to talk about, Nate. Today, we're talking NFL on the episode. If you are interested in hearing everything college football and all the bowl games that we're talking about and thinking about taking and assessing, we talked to Alex Simmons from Stadium, who... Uh, a great college football handicapper. He was on with us before the season started. He called that Michigan State team total uh, for the win total. So he's he knows his college football stuff. So we're going to release the college football bowl preview separately as an episode. And this episode is going to be um, just about the NFL this weekend for this Sunday. So we got everything covered for you if you're interested in college football and the NFL, Nate. Uh, but we're excited to talk some NFL for this week. Yeah, definitely. And just something with college football, I, I really recommend listening to the interview with Alex because we break down the strategies of betting on bowl games because betting on yeah. bowl games is much different than betting on regular season college football in terms of motivation and now coaching carousel, opt-outs, a lot of other factors that go into it. So I think we did a pretty good job with Alex covering it. He has like four or five bets he's already made. I know he's regrets one of them because of some news that we're getting about Pittsburgh possibly being without future NFL quarterback Kenny Pickett in their bowl game. But uh, definitely check that out. And before you make any bowl bets or you participate in your your aunt's office pool pick them or you know, confidence <laughs> pool, make sure to uh, check that out. Because I think there's some good stuff that you could listen for the next week before you make some of your selections in, in bets or pools or anything like that. Yeah, and as he said, it's probably better that you bet these games early because you're just probably not well, going to get the best number. And and it depends, you know, if, the, yeah. if you don't get the news, <laughs> you get the news that's hurt. But that's why he said do your research. Look at who may be opting out. Look if there's any going to be any coaching changes, whatever it may be. Do your research, and then once you feel confident in that research, bet some of these games a little bit earlier if you can and maybe get a better number than – Right before kickoff. Um, sure. And again, if you want to if you want to hear our bets and our best bets and everything like that, follow us on Twitter at Stadium Bets. We got all the bets there. We'll put the videos out there. We got Nate's betting articles coming out. We got my betting articles coming out. So you can find all of Stadium's betting content at Stadium Bets on Twitter. So, Nate, let's start. Sharp, listen, sharp lessons short list for this weekend. We just got three NFL games that we wanted to highlight and talk about with that first one being 49ers at the Bengals in Cincy. Bengals are a one-point favorite in this one. That total is hovering around 49. You like a side on this one? We, we saw the Bengals not do well last week. Yeah, we had a best bet, joint best bet on the Chargers, and they won by 16 points after getting out to a 24 nothing lead. So that was nice That's to great. say and nice to see. I think it's time to go back again to bet against the Bengals in, a, in another tough matchup against a very 
good offense. I think there's a big upside with the 49ers offense with the way they run the ball and having a, a weapon like George Kittle who should be able to exploit the Bengals who don't have good linebacker play. So I think this matchup sets up very well for San Francisco. And then another note, Joe Burrow has an injured finger, and this game is late in the afternoon, Cincinnati time, 425. So it's going to get colder. It'll be dark probably around the second quarter, so the sun will be down, and I think that cold weather could impact Joe Burrow a little bit. And I like the Niners at really any underdog price. I think this is probably the last point I'd feel comfortable playing them. At the plus one, this line seems like it's going towards pick them. And unless there's some injury news as the week goes on that's positive for the Bengals or negative for the San Francisco 49ers, I could see the 49ers actually closing as a small favorite in this game. And one other thing to note, this total is at 49 right now. It was at 47.5 yesterday, so there is definitely some money early on, at least in the week, on the over in this game. Yeah, I could could see the overhitting. I could see this getting into the low 50s for a game like this. Both yeah. these teams know how to score. Defenses can be questionable at times. Now, that Joe Burrow thing, you know, if he if he's not going to be 100%, I don't know how much I trust the Bengals' offense to do their part in that total, so I may wait to, to see the news on him or to see what right. people are talking about him to maybe bet the total, but this is a good spot for the 49ers coming off that loss against the Seahawks. Had a chance to to maybe tie that up and didn't get it through. So I, I like them coming off a loss. I think they're a good enough team to be able to rebound, even though it's on the road. It's going to be their second consecutive game on the road. But them being underdogs, it's hard to not hit them in this spot with a number like that. Because if they were favorites, I may stay away. But being the underdog, I know it's a short underdog. I think it's a solid spot for them. Yep, I'm with you there. So 49ers uh, plus one is a uh, is something I'm going to be considering this week. Let's put it. Let's leave it at that. All right, the next game we wanted to talk about is the Bills and the Buccaneers in Tampa. That's another 325, 425 Eastern start. Buccaneers minus three and a half. The total is at 53. So you get the Bucks a little, you get the half point over the field goal favorite. And the Bills are just, they're a weird team this year, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, we saw that game Monday night where the Patriots beat them by throwing three pass attempts, so not a great look for Buffalo, but <laughs> no, I think this is just a totally different opponent and a totally different climate, so I wouldn't overreact, I guess, from that the Bills lost and are now 7-5 and five on the season because the fact that they're only a three-point uh, favorite or, sorry, three-and-a-half-point underdog right now is that line's hovering between Bucks minus three and minus three and a half. I think that shows that the Bills still have a lot of respect from the betting market and the odds makers, and and I think betters are going to actually gravitate to the Bills just in this situation, coming off a bad loss in bad weather. Now you're playing a team that kind of has a a porous secondary, and that kind of suits the Bills' offense. I'd expect Josh Allen to have a bounce back game, so I think the over would make a little bit of sense in this game just because the Bills. We're in a very low-scoring game the other night, and I think now with good conditions in Tampa Bay expected for Sunday that there could be kind of a shootout in this game. I think on the Tampa side, I have them as the best team in the league, so maybe you can make the argument getting them only at minus three if it gets back there could be a discount, especially the uh, the Bills coming off a short week, off a loss against a division opponent. That was a pretty physical game. 
But I, I'm not sure if the if the I'm, I'm really torn on this game honestly, and I can see why the Bills are popular team at at plus three and a half. But I could also see the public liking the Buccaneers because it's laying a short price with Tom Brady at home. So here's the interesting stat about the Bills, Nate, is they are one of they are tied for the best team in the NFL for wins after a loss against the spread. They're three and zero against the spread after a loss. Uh, 3-0-1, so they pushed once. Um, so they have a, a 100% cover rate after a loss. So if if you're trying to get them a good value, a little over a field goal underdog, I think would be pretty good. And like you said, the conditions make sense after playing in probably the worst conditions all season for any game. They're coming into beautiful Tampa Bay, nice and warm. They'll be able to get the passing game going. I, I, I do like Buffalo in a spot like this, and you know, you just have to figure out how to cover Fournette. That's it. As long as you can figure out how to stop Leonard Fournette, right. you really stop a really big portion of that Buccaneers offense. Well, I think that's the problem for the Bills. They've they've struggled against teams that like to run the ball in the Colts and in the Patriots and bad weather yeah. games in Buffalo at home. Tampa Bay, obviously, they do have Fournette, but I think their offense is more revolves around their passing game with Brady, Evans, yeah. Uh, Godwin had a huge game against the Falcons. Rob Gronkowski, when he's healthy, now he's back. So I think actually Buffalo, even though they don't have Tredavious White, they still have other guys in that secondary that could, you know, force some issues for Tampa Bay if it does kind of get into a shootout. So kind of can make a case for both sides. I think the number, I think the number is probably right. I know a lot of people might be higher on the Bills than I am, so they'll be making the case for the Bills. So I, I would, I'd probably either, it's for me, it's a complete stay away, but I, I'm fascinated to see how this game plays out and excited to watch it. Yeah, I, I've always been kind of partial towards the Buffalo Bills team total, so I do agree. I think they can go over in this game, so the Bills team total over might be something I check out. Uh, the third game of our short list, Rams, the Cardinals, Monday night football in Arizona. Cardinals minus two, that total 51 and a half. Cardinals are starting to look like, you know, you have the Bucs as the best team in the NFL, but the, the Cardinals are up there right now when fully healthy. They look pretty unstoppable. Uh, the Rams are coming off a big win against the Jaguars where they look good, but it doesn't take a lot to look <laughs> against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, but it was good. They, they, they righted the ship after a couple bad games on Matthew Stafford, so Looks like everything's maybe starting to click a little bit more in L.A. So this is going to be a really fun Monday night football game, I think, with the Cardinals laying two, that total 51 and a half. This is a, this is a tough game. It's an interesting number, too, uh, with the Cardinals, just a minus two. Yeah, and this line was actually pretty much across the board, Cardinals minus three. And then Tuesday evening saw the board light up and a move on the Rams, where now the Rams are a two or a two and a half point underdog, depending on where you look. And I actually agree with that move. Just kind of going back to the first meeting between these two teams, the Cardinals played in L.A. Both teams are three and O's in week four. Rams were coming off a big win against the Buccaneers, and they had a, a Thursday night game on deck against the Seahawks. And at the time, I think the Seahawks were regarded higher than the Cardinals. But what kept me off that game, because I did want to bet the Cardinals at plus four, was Sean McVay has a very strong record against the Cardinals in his coaching career, specifically against Cliff Kingsbury. He entered that game 8-0 and against Arizona, and he won all four meetings against K Kingsbury. So I think what worried me was maybe that there's like some sort of uh, philosophical or some kind of some kind of difference between these two teams that 
uh, Arizona couldn't get over the hump against L.A. That turned out not to be the case as the Cardinals won 37-20. to I don't think much separates these two teams right now as we talk about this game 10, 10 games or 10 weeks later. And I was just kind of thinking how the Rams are regarded by the odds makers in the betting market. And the Rams actually closed a favorite in Green Bay in week 12. And that was a Rams team. I know they were coming off the bye, so it was probably a good spot. And the Packers were kind of reeling with some injuries going into the bye. But the fact that the Rams closed a favorite in Green Bay, Wisconsin, a Southern California team, kind of shows me that the betting market still likes the Rams a lot, even though they, they don't have like a big marquee win since September. So I think not much should separate these teams. I don't know what you give Arizona for home field. It's probably not two. So I think Rams are the team where there's a little bit of line value still left, even though it's off the plus three. They definitely make a good teaser option for me, especially since there's a few teams that I like in teaser situations that we'll get to later in the show. Yeah, I was going to say, I think this would be a great teaser spot for the Rams. Yes. Because I, I do, I like the Cardinals uh, as an under field goal favorite. And I don't know if... That's recency bias, seeing them beat up the Chicago Bears. But I think when they're a fully healthy team, they are really, they're just really hard to play. They, they've got a smart coaching staff. They run really good offensive schemes. It, it's, and when Kyler is running and he's out in the open field and he's healthy and he's just unstoppable in certain situations. So I, I've not been super confident watching the Rams this season and having Matthew Stafford as a fantasy quarterback has, certainly get me in tune with that offense and there's been times where you're just thinking you know what what are they doing at certain points so i don't know if because it's the cardinals and because it's the rams and this is a big rivalry game then maybe you were getting the best out of both of these coaches and i I tend to trust the cardinals in a situation like this but we'll we'll see if that number moves a little bit more because it is on monday so we got we got a little bit of time to to see where that where that line moves yeah we'll come back on uh friday show and preview this monday night game at the end of the episode i i have a feeling i'll be using the rams and at least in contest probably won't bet them now that it's under a field goal at least straight bet or single bet maybe teasers but it's either rams or nothing for me all right let's go to situations of the week what's the situation we got some hangover games nate we got three lousy hangover three hangover games one of those being the pittsburgh steelers that's the uh, first team we wanted to look at. They're playing the uh, the Vikings on Thursday night football tomorrow. They're coming off a win against the Ravens, a, a game they won because the Ravens couldn't complete a two-point conversion, and Mark Andrews couldn't catch a uh, seemingly simple pass from Lamar Jackson, so the Ravens escape with the home win there by one. And they play a Vikings team that, uh, that oof, honestly. That's like the only word to describe the Vikings at the point. this point is just like oof. They They don't look great. They look like a mess at points, and this has been this has been your team too. You've you've bet them at very specific strategic spots, and you've been successful for the most part. You kind of know when they're going to play well, when they're going to show up. So, looking at this game, what what are you thinking with the Steelers coming off a a win, escaping by the skin of their teeth, and the Vikings coming into this game short week for both teams, and the Vikings look not great. Yeah, maybe some people might say the Vikings are inconsistent, but I think they're pretty predictable when they're underdogs. They tend to cover or at least play close games and when they're favorite they struggle to cover because they tend to play close games so every game is close with this team so when they're a favorite like in this situation on a short week at home against a Steelers team that usually is better in the underdog role you look towards the other side and bet against the Vikings however I think not enough 
enough is made about that Steelers win and not just winning that game, but like any game they play against the Baltimore Ravens in their recent history, it ends up having kind of a letdown the next week because the game is so physical and the way they won, like you said, in dramatic fashion with Andrews not being able to haul it in. Although I think TJ Watt made a very good play, a good enough play to at least kind of alter where the ball was supposed to go. So I think that the Steelers are a team that I'd be careful with this week. I think a lot of people might like them at plus three and a half or plus three. There's night football, standalone game coming off a big win. Need will kind of win to stay in the AFC playoff race. But for me, it's either Vikings or pass. I just can't do it with the Vikings again with their injuries and then off the Lions loss that they had last week. Yeah. Uh, but I think there's more of a PSA to, to stay away from the Steelers this week because I think a lot of people are kind of going to make a case for them for tomorrow night. Until Roethlisberger is not on the Steelers, the Steelers are a perennial stay-away team for me. This is a no-touchy game. No-touchy. I'm not I'm not betting this game. I'm not going to be trying to be tempted to bet this game. I don't like either of these teams no. betting-wise. The line is at a field goal, so it's even just like – who knows? Who knows how this game is going to go? It's a weird total, 43 and a half. It's like a little low, but not too low. No touchy. This is no, I'm not, I'm not touching this game and you can't, you can't make me touch this game. Um, the Ravens, another hangover team. We just talked about their loss against the Steelers. Uh, and, and they're an interesting team because they went for two and, and Harbaugh talked about how they didn't want to kick the field or the kick the extra point to tie it up because they were concerned about their defensive backs health. They go to Cleveland this weekend. They play the Browns. They're two and a half point underdog in this one with a low total of 42. And the Browns are another team where you're just like, you don't really know what type of Browns team is going to show up. And the Ravens themselves have been a little bit inconsistent. But if I'm getting them as an underdog and maybe I don't know if this creeps up to three, I would be surprised if it does. But even the Ravens as a two and a half point underdog seems really tempting to me. Yeah, you mentioned the Ravens losing to the Steelers, and the reason they went for two is because John Harbaugh admitted after the game that they ran out of cornerbacks, and yeah. the most key one was during the game they lost Marlon Humphrey, their star cornerback, to an already depleted secondary. So I think that alone is a concern, the Ravens' injury situation. But then coming off that game against the Steelers, while the Browns were able to sit at home and rest during a bye week, I think this makes it a great situational spot for the Browns and why they've taken money early in the week, especially because they played 10 days ago. So they have the opportunity to get revenge and make adjustments and try to figure it out on offense against a Ravens defense that's kind of reeling in an offense that – with Lamar Jackson has not been very good the last few weeks. And Lamar had four interceptions yeah. against the Browns in that Sunday night game in week 12. So I actually like the Browns here, even if the numbers kind of got in a way. I like the Browns at anything under a field goal, just because I think the situational spot is that strong. With the Browns having played the Ravens two weeks ago, were able to have a bye while the Ravens had to go into Pittsburgh, play a very tough physical game, and now they have to play in Cleveland while the Browns at 6-6 six and six really need this game to keep their season alive. Yeah, this is one of those games where if it stays at 2.5, you know, I might I might bet the Ravens, but I think the Browns might be the smart move. But it gets if it gets to 3, I'm, right. I'm all on the Ravens. At 3, I would stay away from the Browns. It's Browns or pass for me, but my, my – 
last point, I guess, would be the two and a half. I'm kind of hoping that maybe there's some money on the Ravens that kind of drives this line back down a little bit and maybe getting a cheap Browns money line. Not really sure if that's going to happen, but I think at this point it's it's not worth laying the two and a half because if it did get to three, I think you and a lot of more other betters would, would like the Ravens just catching that number because yeah. two weeks ago the Ravens closed minus three at home and you're not giving the three points anymore for home field advantage. So this line probably should be Browns minus one. I know two and a half isn't isn't great to be laying, but I think that situation just it means a lot more than it does on a normal week. Uh, let's look at the Lions as our final hangover team coming off yeah. their first win of the season. Dan Campbell, always fun to watch. <laughs> uh, They're playing the Broncos in Denver. Really tough place to play, as we all know, up in elevation. Broncos yeah. laying eight. Total is at 42. So you have a big spread with a lowish total. Can the Lions win two games in a row, Nate, against the Broncos team that we talk about inconsistent teams? They're almost as inconsistent as they come. Yeah, I don't think they can. And it's it's a lot of it has to do with just seeing so many teams that like win their first game and they celebrate it at like they maybe like won the division or something. <laughs> I'm not it's criticizing them for doing that. I know they've had a very tough season. They've had a lot of close calls throughout the year, but I can just see a complete letdown from a Lions team that just isn't very talented right now at the moment. And I mean, maybe that they ride a momentum and play close and I can see them at covering this game. Now they're an eight point underdog and, the Broncos offense certainly doesn't inspire a lot of confidence with Teddy Bridgewater, especially how they played against the Chiefs in a game that I was on the Broncos and was pretty disappointed they weren't able to cover. And now they're six and six on the season, so maybe they know that they're uh, they're not going to make the playoffs in a very competitive AFC. But the Broncos as a teaser under a field goal makes a lot of sense to me. I, I believe the Broncos win this game. Just wouldn't trust them to cover a big number with a slow total right now for, for this game in Denver on Sunday. But uh, I, I, I kind of want to fade the Lions, but probably won't fade them against the spread. We'll just tease the Broncos down. Never can go wrong fading the Lions, to be honest. that's If you're going to pick any side in this game, it would probably be to, to fade the Lions. Uh, Look-ahead game, the Los Angeles Chargers of Los Angeles. They're playing the Giants uh, this weekend and a look-ahead game because they play. They take on the Chiefs, division rival, on a Thursday night game, December 16th. It's going to be four days after Sunday's game against the Giants. It's interesting because we both loved the Chargers this past weekend, and they were helpful. They won the game. They looked good. Everything that we expect the Chargers to be almost every single week with the, with the talent that they have offensively. So they come in 10.5-point favorites against the Giants. Um, they're going to be at home in L.A., 44 points is the total. I, I, I'm i guessing you're thinking the same way, especially because you made it as a look-ahead game, but I absolutely hate the Chargers as a 10.5-point favorite, really against any team. Yeah, and it's pretty simple. I guess this could have been a sandwich game just because they beat the Bengals, and even though the Bengals aren't like a opponent that you circle on the calendar before the year, that was a big game for the Chargers to get to 7-5, and five, as opposed to going to 6-6. Six and six. And then the next week, they had the big game, Thursday Night Football in L.A., Week 15, chance to sweep the season series against the Kansas City Chiefs, which could end up mattering in terms of division tiebreakers. 
But the problem is, and as you mentioned, another reason to not like the Chargers is because it's a big number and the Chargers tend to play close games. But the reason it is a big number is because the Giants are likely going to start Jake Fromm as quarterback, as Daniel Jones has a neck issue that keeps him probably out of this game. If Daniel Jones was playing, I would probably be betting on the Giants this week. And also Mike Lennon, who served as the backup and started last week, got a concussion, and it's unlikely he plays from at least what it sounds like. So just I don't think I can bet on Jake Fromm, even if it is a bad situation for the Chargers. It's in L.A., so there's going to be a ton of New York Giants fans there, I'd assume, even if they're having a a down year. I I think there's enough New York transplants that would like to see that stadium and their team play. But it's going to be Jake Fromm, most likely, and uh, I think I'm going to pass, although it is tempting, honestly, to bet the Giants because, as we talk about the Browns having a very strong situation, this is a pretty poor situation for the Chargers, who just want to win the game and get ready for Kansas City on a short week. All right, let's talk out some bets. There's only one thing I want you fellas to do. What's that? Talk me out of it. Uh, We've got four teams that we want to talk out. Four teams that we're maybe going to make a best bet on Friday. Not sure. Maybe make it a best bet for for these Sunday games. Let's start with America's team, Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Nate, what did you want to talk out about the Dallas Cowboys? They take on the Washington football team in a noon game on Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern. Four and a half points favorite are the Dallas Cowboys. 47 and a half is the total. Washington has looked good. They've looked like a decent to good football team the past couple games on a, on a bit of a winning streak. And the Cowboys, you know, you just <laughs> you know, you don't really know what you're going to get with the Cowboys. You, you really don't. But they're four and a half point favorite. In- interesting number at four and a half. Um, were you thinking of betting the Cowboys? Is that what you wanted to talk out, convincing yourself to bet the Cowboys? I was. And I when I was working on my article this morning and doing some research, there was actually a three and a half on the Cowboys and that kind of piqued my interest. But now we're at four and a half. There's a lot of minus four across the board. And also as we speak, and we, we broke down the game between the, uh, the 49ers and Bengals earlier in the show. And I said, I wouldn't be surprised the 49ers closed a favorite. Well, right now they're a one point favorite. So we have a flip of favorite as we talk about that show. Doesn't really change my opinion on the game. I guess I'd still like the 49ers if I liked them um, at plus one. But I kind of would be a little bit cautious and see where this line goes. Maybe there's some news about Joe Burrow that we'll learn about more as the week goes on. But just something to to be cautious about as, as Wednesday seems like a day where a lot of NFL line moves happen. But let's get back to the Cowboys. At still at minus four, I take them at four and a half maybe a little different of a story, but I think this is a good time to sell high on the Washington football team who are coming off wins against the Seahawks, the Raiders, and then before that, the Panthers, which is a game where I had a pretty strong bet on the Washington football team against Cam Newton. But a few weeks ago, the Seahawks were in Washington on a Monday night. Seahawks closed one and a half. For me, the Cowboys are a much better team than the Seattle Seahawks. So, I think this is a time where you could buy low on the Cowboys, but at the same time sell high on Washington, who's at home, but their home field is very minimal in Washington, and there might be as many Cowboys fans there at least. So I don't think uh, – I think the Cowboys are definitely the uh, side to look at. 
Not sure if I would uh, lay four and a half now as we kind of getting to that number, but if it gets back down to four, kind of looking for the Cowboys on Sunday. You have the Falcons as well as a team you wanted to talk about. They take on the uh, Carolina Panthers. Panthers are minus two and a half, and they just fire their offensive coordinator. So that's – I don't know if what that says about uh, how bad the Falcons are or maybe how bad people thought Joe Brady was for the Panthers' offense. Either way, Falcons are an underdog in this game. On the road in Carolina, 42 and a half is the total. Um, this is a tough one because I don't trust really either of these teams. I know the – I would probably lean towards the Falcons as an underdog just because you don't really know what the Panthers are going to be doing with the loss of, of Joe Brady on the staff and Cam Newton. I don't, I just don't trust Cam Newton. He's, he's fun to watch sometimes, but as a quarterback of consistently of a team, I, I don't think you can really trust the way he, he operates the offense. So it's interesting. Two and a half point underdog for the Falcons. For sure. And this is a division rematch where the Falcons were actually a three-point favorite. They may have closed lower, but I know when we were talking about that game that week, the Falcons were a three-point favorite against the Panthers, and we liked the Panthers. We were just a little bit worried about Sam Darnold as quarterback, and that kind of kept us off making it a best bet. Yeah, Panthers end up winning the game outright as, about, as, a, as the underdog. So now we flip home field. Falcons now in that kind of same favor, underdog range as they were against the Panthers. So now I'm looking back at the underdog. I don't think much separates these teams at all. I think the Joe Brady firing is a negative for Carolina because they want to go back yep. to running the ball, but they don't have Christian McCaffrey, and Cam Newton isn't an upgrade over Sam Darnold. So the Falcons at plus three, like it was early in the week, interest me a lot. Now that we're down to two and a half, I think that's the uh, the other teaser leg to pair with the Broncos, yeah. and then I guess the Rams if it stays there. So. Those three kind of interest me, Rams, Broncos, Falcons with a teaser leg. And if the Falcons do get back up to plus three, I would I would take a shot on Atlanta at that number. I think there's a lot of value getting the Falcons at plus three, especially because the total in that game is is very low at uh, 42 and a half. You got the Jets, you got the Jaguars. Yeah, let's we can pair I, those uh, together. <laughs> just it's gross that we are pairing the, the even thinking about looking at the Jets and the Jaguars. It's almost makes me violently ill. But you have the Jaguars plus eight and a half. You have the Jets plus five. Jets taking on the Saints, uh, five point underdog against the Saints. Forty two and a half is the total. And the Jaguars are taking on the Titans. And again, the Jaguars eight and a half point underdogs. Forty three and a half is the total. Are you telling me, Nate, that you are thinking of betting both the Jaguars and the Jets? Oh, absolutely. And I don't think I'm the only one who's thinking that because these lines were higher earlier in the week as the Saints were a six point favorite at one point. And at very early on on Sunday night, when the lines came out, the Titans were as high as an 11 point favorite against the Jaguars. And that game has actually kind of come down even more on Wednesday morning, down to eight and a half in some spots. So from Sunday night to Wednesday afternoon, we've had a two and a half point line move on the uh what the two and ten Jaguars or the three and nine Jaguars? Not a very good team, but that's not going to stop people from uh, running out and betting Jacksonville. And I think in both cases, it's not necessarily betting on the underdog, the ugly underdog, but it's betting against the Saints and betting against the Titans. And the Saints have a lot of injury issues. Obviously, the last four games, maybe they get Kamara back, maybe they get the offensive tackles back, but now Taysom Hill is going through a, a finger injury that he suffered against the Cowboys, and he's reportedly going to try to play through the injury, but that could definitely impact his uh, his 
play and if he'll be effective or not against a Jets team that defensively has struggled, but I think offensively at least has shown some life the last few weeks. And then on the Titans side or the Jaguars side, the side I'm considering or side I'm trying to talk out, I don't know if I will bet this line at the current number at eight and a half or maybe anything single digits, but if it's double digits, I'd like to bet on the Jacksonville Jaguars just because this Titans team, even though they have an eight and four record, how they're currently constructed right now in offense, this is an average team at best. I know Julio Jones might not come back, but at this point in career, he's not going to save an offense like a A.J. Brown or a Derrick Henry will. So without Brown or Henry, I think we have to look at the Titans in a much different lens. And the Titans are just not a team that is going to cover big numbers. I trust to cover a big number. They were a similar price against the Texans a few weeks ago, and they – lost that game at home. And the last time we saw the Titans before their bye week, Tennessee was a seven-point underdog at New England that doesn't have a very explosive offense. So this Titan team is average, maybe even below average right now. So I don't think they should be laying this big of a number against really any team in the league, and that's reflected in the uh, number against the Jaguars. So Jets and Jaguars, definitely things I'm considering, maybe small bets, but – hoping to uh, maybe get a plus six on the Jets and then a plus 10 on the Jaguars to actually make it a, a stronger play. Yeah, I like it. Before we go, Nate, I will say there has been two line movements again. One's been the Rams-Cardinals. That's at one and a half for the oh, Rams wow. and the Cardinals now. So <laughs> if the Rams are at plus one and a half uh, as a team that, that you were talking about liking, and the 49ers now are at minus one and a half. So we're getting even more money on the 49ers and some money on the Rams. Just either they're listening to this podcast through our computers over Skype or, you know, we're, we're seeing some line movement early here on Wednesday. Yeah. I'll say that we're just probably seeing the, uh, seeing the ball well or kind of anticipating the line movements before it happens, which is always good. Um, especially because on Wednesday, I don't think like, like practice reports are out yet in terms of injuries, yeah. but I think yep. that's Wednesday is the day a lot of sports books raise their limits on how much people could bet. And because of that, we see the people who didn't want to kind of tip their hand with low limits on Monday, Tuesday, they are ready to fire on Wednesday afternoon. And that's usually a good indication about like what side is going to end up being the, uh, the sharp side, I guess, or the wise guy side or the professional side. And then we'll see, I guess, as we get closer to the weekend, if there's buyback um, on some of these teams. So very interesting. Um, if you listen to the earlier part in the sharp lessons shortlist, <laughs> no two games have already moved, but I think you can still take our analysis without the, what the point spread is and kind of see where we're coming from in those games. Yep. And again, if you're interested in college football picks and bowl game picks and bowl game picking strategy, we got Alex Simmons on. He is uh he knows his college football, so you can listen to that episode. It's we'll, we'll release these two separately as individual episodes, NFL and college football, so you can listen to both of them as you prepare for a, a fun December of college football bowl games. But we will be back here on Friday. It's Picks Friday. Again, we're two times a week starting right now this week. Wednesday and Friday is when Sharp Lessons will come out, and Friday is our favorite day of the week with all of our picks coming out. We've been doing well. We were both 1-0. This past weekend in Best Bets, Nate, so it's looking good. The podcast itself is winning 54% of the bets. So you ride with the podcast, you're positive right now at this point. So good luck to everyone on Thursday, and we'll be back on Friday with all of our picks. 